Thanks for joining us today for our Freedom Podcast. We are excited to grow with you. Today, you will hear a message from the life-changing Word of God. We hope this podcast adds value to your everyday life. If you want to find out more about this ministry, visit our website at wearefreedomlife.com. Welcome to Freedom. Today we're in part three of the current series we've been going over the last several weeks called Passion, It Wasn't the Nails. We learned about, a lot about God's love and the love that, that really was the driving force between um, God and man. The love is what held them on that cross, is that right? That love that God had for every single one of us through the form of his son, Jesus Christ. Today I want to talk to you about the perfect love. That perfect love. It was this fueled love that we learned about in week one. It was that, that, that love that drove him to do what he did for us. It was that humble love that we learned about last week. That humble love that held him in desiring to see his people come to him. But today, as I talk about the perfect love of God, I want us to be focused for a moment on the joy that was set before him. And specifically that, that, that phrase, for the joy set before him. You see, I don't know about you, but uh, when I was a kid, um, there's, a, there's certain things you don't learn till later in life. And one of those things I learned is that I wasn't built to be tall. There's a, a few of us in the room. We got an amen corner. We have a small group just for below average folk. Um, but the truth is, I learned very quickly early in my life that I wasn't designed and my DNA wasn't to be tall. Uh, my, I know it's shocking, but my DNA wasn't built to, to, to do weightlifting or bench pressing. Don't laugh. Don't laugh. Um, that won't be hurtful. Um, but, you know, I realized one thing that I was good at and I was really good at was running. I was really good. There was not much to carry. That's what it was. It was just one strong gust of wind and I win the race. <laughs> That's seriously not as funny either. But, um, but the truth is that I realized that I was quick. I was fast. That was one thing I had. And I remember that, um, I remember that as a kid that was my, that was my ability that I can, I can do, I can run. If, you, if I needed to uh, run, I, like, I, I won't be able to outbench you. I, I might not be able to touch the rim in basketball, you know, um, but I will, I will put it on you when it comes to running. I'm not lying, and that was me as a kid. And so I realized that running was one of the things I really uh, was good at. But what's interesting is that Jesus, when, he, uh, when they're relating to how Jesus uh, loves us, one of the things uh, in running terms, the, the gospels start writing uh, about how Jesus' passion for us was kind of set like a goal. In fact, Jesus ran a perfect race while here on this earth. And his race took him eventually to the cross. You see, today we hope to learn more about that perfect love fueled by his journey. And I want you to know something. What makes a runner a runner is not just that he could run fast, but he has a goal to get to. Right? 
A runner doesn't just run. Where are you running? I don't know. And you just run. Like, that would be dumb, right? You look at someone like, where are you running? I don't know. I'm just running. Like, come on, dude. Like, at least have a goal, right? Like, I don't run just to run, but I run with a purpose. And we laugh at that thought, right? We laugh at like, why are you running? I don't know. And you're like, that was so silly. But how many people go through their lives this way? They run with no purpose. And it's like you ask them, where are you running? And they're like, I don't know. And you're like, but you're running. Yeah, I am. Because I know I'm supposed to be. Where are you running to? Like I said, I don't know. And that would be foolish for us to, to think that, right? To, to look at that and go, that doesn't make any sense. But there are people right now that are running with no purpose. So I love how uh, we can look at 1 Corinthians chapter 9 as we look at his perfect love this morning where the Apostle Paul has some profound things to say about self-discipline. Now watch this. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, beginning in verse 24 and ending in verse 26. When you got it, say, I got it. Okay, two of us got it. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, I'll wait for you to open your Bible if you got one. 1 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 24. Now watch this. Do you not know that in a race all the runners run, but only one gets the prize? Run in such a way as to get the prize. Now let me stop there for a moment. Do you know what Paul is saying to the church in Corinth? Here's what he's saying. Have purpose. Purposeful running. Don't just run aimlessly, but have a purpose to run. Have a reason why you're running. I love how I seen this shirt one time that said, uh, bomb technician in the front. In the back it says, if I'm running, you should be too. <laughs> you ever seen that shirt? It made me laugh until I realized he was running. But we should run with purpose, right? We should run with a reason. Run with a reason. And so he goes on to say this. Everyone who competes in the games goes into strict training. They do it to get a crown that will not last. But we do it to get a crown that will last. What word? Forever. Forever. Therefore. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. I do not fight like a boxer beating the air. Therefore, I do not run like someone running aimlessly. Paul is saying, I have a deliberate faith. I have a deliberate trust. I have a deliberate understanding of why I'm here. Do you? Do you? Listen, I'm going to be real clear. One thing I need to understand about me, if you've been here long enough, you understand. I don't like to pull punches when it's, when it's something serious regarding your soul. I don't play games. I'm not here to tickle your ears. I'm not here hoping that you like me. I hope you do because I'm a social person. But I'm not here for that. I'm also not here to, to give you something to just feel good about. If, if there's anything I've learned about the gospel is that sometimes you've got to feel conviction before you feel good. Because it's in that conviction that draws us to him and in draw, being drawn to him, we are then found in that place where we have purpose, right? 
where we have purpose. So watch this. We run like people with aim, a focus. As I just said, Jesus ran a perfect race. And we know from the Gospels that he was very disciplined with his time and intentional. Can I, can I get a show of hands of someone that maybe you found yourself, you unintentionally, like, wasted some time and you realized, now I have all this pressure to meet a certain goal. Anybody ever felt like that? I wasted time. You got confused. You got to a place where you were like, hello, squirrel, right? You just... And then you came back and you're like, oh my goodness, now I have this small window of time to fulfill this task. And you're running, running. And some of you are like, that's when I work my best. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Some of you are, are like lifetime procrastinators, right? You're like, I deliberately put myself in a place where I have to or else, and that's where I do my best. Pastor, you don't understand the best of me comes out. Hello? Some of you are giving me big smiles. Like, this is, this is how you live your life. Hello? And then there's some of you that are super planners. Like, you hate people like that because they mess up your plans. Anybody? Okay, so let me do this. Let me, I'm going to divide the house for just a moment, just for humor's sake. I don't do this often, but I'm going to do it this time because I think it's good. How many of you are... And you don't always plan it, but sometimes you do. You procrastinate, and then your best comes out in 11th hour. Okay, lift up your hands. Those of you perfectionists, don't look around because you're going to break relationships. Okay, put your hands down. Now, the other person is the one that plans, plans, plans. And when you're done, you take a deep breath, and you plan a little more. Anybody else? That's you. Some of you are like, I didn't plan to lift my hand, Pastor Tony. Let me get back to you on that. It's not in my schedule. Schedule. That's how you know you're intelligent when you say things like schedule. Okay, for the layperson, it's schedule. But <laughs> the truth is, God says very specifically, your life, your soul, your spirit needs to have an aim. So this is not one of those things you can, you can just last minute. You cannot last minute your soul. Because every day, God has called you to grow closer and closer to him. And when we live our lives in a way that is 11th hour, we miss what God has, the preparation that God has for you for that time. So let me do this because I realize that um, we have such time, uh, limited time here. But Hebrews chapter 12, let us run with perseverance. The race marked out before us. Let us fix our eyes, watch this, on Jesus, the author and perfecter of our faith, who for the joy set before him endured the cross. My brother John came to me last week and said something interesting, and I, I I found it interesting because it felt right in line with my message this morning. And, I, and brother, I'm going to try to say it as eloquently as he said to me, that the, the, joy, the joy set before him was us. When he saw through the mind, through the, through the, 
the ability of God to see the future. How many know that God can see the future? He saw, right, the opportunity that we could be drawn to him. And for that joy set before him. And he saw that. He said, the cross is worth it if I get my people back to me. If I can win the people back to me, the joy set before him was you. The joy set before him was you. The joy set before him was you and me. Every one of us. And for that joy set before him, he said, the cross. While I will be away from the Father, while I will be feeling all kinds of feelings that I don't want to feel. Right? You ever been away from a loved one and it hurt? You ever had your, your, your spouse or somebody you love laying on a hospital bed? Hello? And everyone, every bit of you says, if I would just be able to trade, I would. Just so they could feel, because your love for them. Jesus looked at the cross and he said, I'm going to take that on. Because the joy set before me, these people, they need me. Because of you and me, he endured the cross. That, my friends, is love. So let me jump into these great thoughts for you because I need you to hear this, number one. And I'm going to fly through some of these points for a few moments. And then I'm going I'm to kind of put this into a capsule so you can hear it. Endurance requires commitment to the cause. It invites us to never give up, hoping to get to that finish line, trusting to fight hard enough. I need everyone to look at me for a moment. The first thing I need you to understand is this. Hear me. Perfect love eyes the cross. Whether it's Jesus eyeing the cross for you and for me, perfect love. If, you, if you, we want to carry the perfect love that Jesus carried, we have to eye the cross. Because in and of myself, I don't have the ability to love someone unconditionally. Is that true? In and of ourselves, we don't have the ability to do that. We don't have the ability to love people even that hurt us. Because you know what we do? You're done. I'm done with that. I'm done. I'm not going to be hurt by you anymore. And you know what? I'm not saying it's okay to be hurt over and over again. That is not what I'm saying. What I am saying to you is that you can forgive and you can believe and you can look at the cross and, for, and move on without having to live in this mindset of bondage that someone hurt you and now you have to carry that hurt the rest of your life. That is not God's will for your life. How many can say thank God for that? Right? So no matter how many times someone has hurt you, the, the only way we can ever come to a place of perfect love is when we eye the cross. Everybody say, I the cross. I the cross. Not you the cross, but I the cross. Right? We want to eye the cross because perfect love sets eyes and the gaze upon the cross. I believe that if we desire to experience Jesus Christ, we have to personally eye the cross on a daily basis. Who's with me? As humans, we experience the ongoing conflict between um, the world and the, and, and the godliness that God is calling us to. How many ever feel that friction on a daily basis? The self, right, and the, and, and the spirit. The self 
and the spirit, and they constantly butt heads. They're constantly going at each other, and you got to say, am I going to operate and respond in the selfish nature, or am I going to turn to the Holy Spirit and let the spirit guide me? And that's a tough thing to do. I'm not going to lie. It's a tough thing to do. But no matter where you are in this room right now, I need you to understand something. The love of God is available to every single one of us because that perfect love has already been endured. Right? The cross was already, the cross was taken on. And, and because of the joy set before him, Jesus set his eyes on the cross. And because of that, we can come to him and we can say, God, I too need to eye the cross. Some of you are in relationships that if you don't eye the cross daily, you're like, I don't know. Some of you go to a job every day that if you don't eye the cross, you're like, listen, I understand how people could just flip out on people. Hello? I said a lot of cool things, Leisha, this morning, but I got a lot of amens on that one. This is a little disturbing. The moment I said flip out on someone, they're like, amen! Amen! Flip out, that's me! Pastor Tony, preach it! They call me flip out flipper. That's what they call me. Flip out Floyd. Let's move on. Because, you know, it it, it becomes real practical on a day-to-day basis. You have to eye the cross. You have to eye the cross. Maybe you're gazing at the wrong thing. Because you realize... Some people live their lives in negativity. Some of you know that, right? It's it's pretty natural. Absolutely. It's pretty natural to live in negativity. Here's the thing. You can either cross because it was a curse. Or you can either cross because it was redemption. You know that the cross was not meant to be (laughs) redemption? When you died on the cross, you were... That was a, a, an incredible penalty. That was incredibly painful, horrible. I mean, it was left for the, the worst of the worst people that did horrible things, right? You can look at the cross and live your life negative, or you can look to the cross and say, thank God he suffered, and that that suffering was a beneficiary for me. Are you hearing that? So you could, some of us look at the cross for the wrong reason. Gaze upon his goodness is what I, I, I impose on you today. Fix your gaze upon him. Number two, perfect love endures the race. Perfect love endures the race. Now watch this. Perfect love says you're worth the trouble. Jesus looked at the race. He said, I'm going to have to run this hard this way for this length of time. But at the end of the race, my children will be mine again. Friend, I want to tell you something. You're worth the trouble. And I want to be really clear. I'm going to give an altar call at the end of this message. Let's just prepare your heart. I'm going to give a response. And I'm going, to be, I'm going to be crazy right up front. I'm going to ask you if you have endured this race or you, knew, you need to renew that. Because... There are spouses that are here that did not give up on each other when you were going through the toughest of battles. 
parents who did not give up on their child because they knew God's promise for them. There are friends that didn't give up on other friends in spite of the backstabbing moves and the substance abuse and all the things that were plaguing their relationship. God allowed it. God saw it, but you didn't give up. Why? Because God is love. He's perfect love, and that casts out all fear. Perfect love casts out fear. God did not give up on you so you can fall. Come on, somebody. No, no, no. God said that someday I'm going to endure this cross so that someday that child will come back. That spouse will come back. That person will know who Jesus is. And that person will come to the Father and know that there is hope outside of this world. There is hope outside of this but pastor you don't understand I have felt cut down I have felt buried by life circumstances and left for dead well that might be because God is not burying you he's planting you God is planting you for such a time as this did you know that he only prunes the ones he loves I need you to understand something about pruning. The cutting and pruning that you go through is not because you aren't fruitful. Watch this. The pruning God has you in is because you are fruitful. The cutting and the pruning that's at the right time, at the right place in your life, is not because you're not fruitful or he would have cursed you. He would have cut you off altogether. He didn't. He pruned you. And you know why he prunes? He prunes because you are fruitful. He's pr he prunes you because you are able to grow. And if I can prune the right areas of my child's life, they're going to grow there. I made a mistake some time ago, and I said, we need to cut these trees at a certain time. And Jason will attest to this. I don't know where Jason is. Uh, we, we're going to cut these trees at a certain, we're going to cut them because they're not, hello? They, they're just, they're overgrown. And, but I cut them at the wrong season. And you know what happened? Jason called me and said, Pastor Tony, how are you? I said, good, Jason. He said, Pastor Tony, I need to talk to you about something. I said, what, Jason? Jason handles some of our landscaping out front, does an amazing job. And, and, and he looked at me and said, Pastor Tony, oh, Pastor Tony. <laughs> I said, what, Jason? It's a true story. Ask him if you want. He goes, I said, did you see the bushes? They're cut down. They're, they're, they're the right shape. And he goes, yeah, but uh, wrong season. I'd be surprised if they ever come back again. <laughs> True story. I'm not lying. I said, I went from, I did something, to, I did something. <laughs> so in case you're wondering why we got these beautiful bushes out front, they're little, and they're growing, not because of me. Because they were ripped out of the ground and put new ones because I chopped them in the wrong season. You laugh and you mock. But the true story is that many of us have cut the things at the wrong time in our lives and we've paid the price. God is saying, 
it's not just the right place, but the right time. And some of you keep going back to relationships that are not helpful to you. And you cut things off at the wrong time, the wrong place. And God is saying, I prune you not because you're unfruitful. Watch this, but because you are. And I see that Jesus died so that the potential that is in you would grow at the appropriate time. Who's with me? Come on, that'll preach right there. My third point, and this is, this is important that we get this. Um, actually, not before we get to my third point, Romans 8, 17. Now, if we are children, then we are heirs of God and co-heirs with Christ. If indeed we share in his sufferings in order that we may also share in his glory. You know what he's saying here? We're going to have to share in the suffering before we get the victory. There's some cutting that has to happen in our lives before we can get the fruit. Are you hearing me? The cutting has to happen. And so that's hugely important. So the decision that Jesus Christ made to endure the cross was in the fact that the eyes of the world while it's foolish in a lot of ways, our faith that seems foolish to the world is exactly what God has for us. So that means that Jesus was joyful in reconciling sinners like you and me to himself. Everything that we ever went through was so that we would get to the cross. Jesus allowed it so we would get to the cross. Jesus allowed it so we would come closer. And it doesn't always make sense. But I wonder if we're called to make a similar posture today. Perfect love, third point, never leaves you. Perfect love never leaves you. And Jesus was finding these moments, even in the Garden of Gethsemane, to spend time, one-on-one -on -one time, deliberate, intentional time with the Father, Right? He spent intentional, deliberate time with the Father. Why? Because perfect love never leaves you. And you realize, look at me, right wherever you are, you can bow your head, you can take a knee, you can do whatever you want right where you are, anywhere you are, and say, God, be with me at this moment. And through the most difficult times in your life, God can work those things out. I'll never forget a moment in time in my life when... I had received word that my grandmother had passed away and I was uh, I was at school at college and I remember I got the news my heart was broken I wept so much because my grandmother meant so much to me and I remember calling my youth leader and my church started praying and I remember going to the funeral, getting, getting back to New York, because I was in Pennsylvania at school, getting back to New York and getting around that day. I let my church know that we were going to um, be burying my grandmother that, that day. And I remember walking up and then they asked me to share a few thoughts, and pray in the service. I was in Bible school, so like, that's what you're going to school for. Why don't you, you know. But it wasn't like any other prayer I've ever prayed because I had so much emotions running through my, my body, my mind, my spirit. 
She was so instrumental in my life. And I remember it was just after 7 o'clock. And if I remember correctly, it was 7.03 when I stood at the pulpit. And I didn't know what I was going to say. I didn't know how I was going to pray. I didn't know how I was going to find the strength to do it. And I remember standing there. Here I am, a Bible college student. Everybody's expecting like this thing from me. And I'm just trying to hold it together where I'm not weeping uncontrollably. And I stood there looking at my Bible like, God, I don't know how I'm going to get through this. But all of a sudden, this peace, and I can't even tell you or describe it to you except a warm blanket that is super thin just came from the ceiling and fell on me. That's the only way I could describe it. It just kind of laid on me. And I said to myself at that moment, what is happening? And it was at that moment that I shared and I prayed with unbelievable peace. And I remember when the whole thing was over, I contacted my youth leader. And I don't remember if I called or they called me. He said, how did everything go? And uh, I said, well, it went as well as could be expected. And they, and they said, you know, we wanted you to know we prayed for you today. Right at about 7 o'clock. And I was like, at, at right around 7 o'clock? Yeah, they just service had just started. So it was a couple minutes after 7. And I'm like, would it be 7.03? Yeah. Can I tell you something? That perfect love that I needed at that moment was available to me because I put my trust in him. Not because I'm any more special than anybody else. And it's definitely not because I went to Bible school. Because I know a lot of people that went to Bible school, they got very little Bible. It was because I trusted and I put my trust in God that perfect love and it came at the exact time I needed him listen perfect love never leaves you no matter what your circumstance or situation looks like how many are grateful for the fact that God's perfect love is available to us amen now hear me here's what I want us to do all across this room I need, I need you to understand something this perfect love I just talked to you about for the last 20, 30 minutes is the love that's available to every single one of you. If you're here in this room and you're saying, I don't know this love, can I make this crystal clear? Let me make this super clear. I'm asking you if you do not know God as your Father and Jesus Christ as your Lord. I'm saying very clearly I have not made Jesus the Lord and Savior of my life. I will never stand up here and beg you for money. I will never stand up here and beg you to serve. I will never stand up here and beg you to do something for me. Here's what I will always ask you with unbelievable intentions. Get your life right with God. And if this is one of those moments, then it is. Get right with God. Because when all is said and done and all this is gone, 
there's no car, no money, no job, no thing that can earn your way to heaven. The only thing that can earn you to heaven is what he already did on the cross. That perfect love. So if you're here today and you're saying, Pastor Tony, this perfect love you're talking about, I don't know it. I don't understand it. Here's what I need you to do. Everyone close your eyes for just a moment. And I want to pray a prayer over you. Everyone just close your eyes for a moment. Every single person. Nobody talking, nobody moving. Father, I pray right now in the name of Jesus for every person at the sound of my voice. I pray the perfect love of God would rain down on them right now. Right now, God. Father, I pray your passion, your love, and your grace be upon their lives. In Jesus' name. Let me say this. Before I make this call, I want to I illustrate this thought for a moment. There are some of us that don't understand the idea of grace, and here it is. There are two situations that could arise if you ever get pulled over by a police officer. One, scenario number one, license and registration. He comes back and he hands you a ticket because you were speeding. Situation number one, hear me. Situation number one, he reaches over and he says to you, that ticket right there, I'm going to write you a check. Here's the check. Paid for. Paid for. You still got the ticket. But I'm going to pay it. Friends, that's very different than him saying, I'm going to let you off with a warning. I'm going to let you off with a warning. A warning makes you go, whew, I dodged that one. Right? A warning, that's situation number two. A situation number two says, I dodged that one. Situation number one says, I didn't dodge it. I had a penalty. But somebody else paid for it. Friends, situation number one is grace. You had a penalty. Jesus Christ paid it. Situation number two says, ah, I did it myself. And a lot of people live in situation number two. I did it myself. I, I'm, I'm good. I'm this, that, and the other. I dodged the bullet. Woo, that was a close one. And if you ever got let go by a cop and say, listen, I'm going to let you off with a warning. You think you dodged the bullet, right? That's what you usually say. Watch this. What if that same officer wrote you a check from his own check account? You would go, wow. Wow. Friends, that's grace. Jesus Christ did not need to die for you and for me. He wrote the check. He paid the check. Why? Because the check didn't just go, the, 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 the ticket didn't just go away. It was paid by his death. And we benefit by his resurrection. You're going to hear more about the resurrection next week. But here's my call to you. If you're in this room and you're saying, I have tried it on my own and it's not working, I need to let him 
and the cross pay for my debt. And I don't know this Jesus, and I want to know this Jesus. Just lift your hands for a couple seconds and put it right back down. Come on. Just lift your hands for a couple seconds. Say, I need to. Two. Two. Three. Four. Five. Anybody else? I see your hands. Thank you. I see your hands. Five people have said, I need this Jesus. Six. How many are grateful right now? I saw another hand right Seven. Seven. Eight. I need that cross. Nine. Ten. Anybody else? Come on. That's, that, you see that clap? That clap is not for me. That's because heaven rejoices when one sinner repents. How's it look when 10 do? How's it look when 20 do? Right? Come on. God is good. Amen? Everyone to your feet. Come stand with me for a moment.